Cool 97 Radio. The singles live on the Nation School at Cool 97 FM. Dr. Milton Hardy is with me tonight. And uh, DJ Dre, wherever you are, <laughs> have a wonderful, wonderful time. That sound kind of, um, what I call it now, like, like jealous or something. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I am in good company. If you're joining us via the World Wide Web, thank you so much. Ian, you're absolutely right. I am in very, very good company. And I know that we're going to having a wonderful show tonight want to welcome back dr hardy how you doing how have you been hey good evening and good evening listeners happy new year Okay, and I love to say prosperous and blessed New Year. You know, the happiness kind of go. It depends on the day. Some days you feel happy. Some days you don't feel so happy. Um, you know, so prosperous and blessed. I am, I'll be taking that. I, I will have that too. Yes, yes, yes. I must give a shout out to Ian. Yes. Always locked on. Um, I have to say that Ian is um, one of my biggest supporter. So I want to say thank you so much, Ian. I appreciate you. I want to ensure that I say these things um, just in case I don't get the chance to or the person that I'm saying it to um, never hears it. So I want to say thank you so much to all our cool listeners inside the MixLR chat room. We appreciate you for those persons who listen via the good old radio. Thank you so, so much for keeping keeping us in your air and we continue to forge forward as we provide you with uh, wonderful music to soothe you and also some very informative conversations inside Singles Live. So tonight we'll be looking at uh, women's check up. up or should i say check in with your with your um with your gynecologist or your general practitioner um but before we start doc um women checking in with their um OBGYN or their general um practitioner is it well practiced especially at the beginning of the year well um let me begin by saying that um one of the one of the good things about mm. health care and health practice in this country is that it's mostly women who go to the doctor mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so i i must say that um our women do an excellent service to themselves by seeing the doctor mm-hmm we certainly need to see much more but um you know they have actually been coming forward and they are the ones who are mostly at the doctor at the doctor the children come next <laughs> when the men turn up you you kind of wonder because you know that something is really wrong mhm mhm so you know I have their checkup coming up. I'm working <laughs> on that. <laughs> so hopefully we'll get them to listen in and then after that then they can actually go in for their checkup. Yes and I as I keep saying and I, and I hope if if I leave nothing else on this program we must understand that life is genderless. If you if there's a problem with the lady there has to be a problem with some man. Mhm. 
and vice versa. Mm -hmm. So it's very important that we look after each other because we are not only looking after ourselves, but we are looking after our significant other. Yeah, something that you've always um, maintained and continue to um, mention on this show. And we're grateful that we're not genderizing health, but that we're saying it is very, very important for the survival of humanity. humanity. Thank you. Yes. All right. So let's get into the meat of the matter. Um, When I proposed this um, topic to you, I wanted to kind of break it down into different um, age range categories and you also mentioned that we will be having some overlapping of um of these categories but let us start with the what i consider to be um the younger women um what should they be coming to um their gp or their gynecologist um for in terms of their checkup well, as you mentioned, there's significant overlap mm-hmm. in the various age groups. And um, for ease of conversation, we will break them down into the 18 to 35, mm-hmm. which would be a large segment of your reproductive years. Um, the 36 to 50, some of that will also be reproductive. And of course, the 51 and over would be your menopausal years which, based on life expectancy at this time, is the third third of a woman's lifetime. Mm-hmm. Yes, or women actually make it past 80 with ease these days, you know. Mm-hmm. That's a third of their life, so, so the menopause is a very important time. But before we get to that, um, we also have to remember that um, the women attending... Um, for their checkups. They might be well or they might be not well. So that's a further subdivision. Mm -hmm. And it is equally important that you have a well person's um, check Check as well. Yes, yes. You know, in fact, waiting until something is wrong is, could could be be late. I'm not going to say too late, but it could be late. Because it, it, you might have headed off something which you could have either prevented or have dealt with at an earlier stage. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's very important that you come in while you're well. And also, if you're not well, but the checkup is important. The other thing one has to bear in mind is that. A woman is more than a woman. A woman is a person. So all of the conditions which can occur to a woman or a man, for that matter, can occur without it being gynecological. Right. And it's a very important part of the gynecological check that we see the the lady uh, keep saying patient. It's not a patient, it's a lady. Mm-hmm. As a whole. As a whole. So she could have problems with her weight. She could have problems with bad habits, bad lifestyle choices, smoking, that sort of thing. Um, not eating properly, not resting properly, not exercising, having problems with obesity. And all of these factors can impact on her health. 
So there is far more, as I say sometimes to the patients, there's far more to a lady than her private parts. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, you, you, you're, a, you're, you're a whole. So all of these factors have to be taken into consideration. And in fact, you should even use the opportunity to counsel patients along these lines. And then you could delve into the other matters, mm -hmm. the, you know, the gynecological issues. Uh, I'm very big in gynecology, of course, would be things like screening, your pap smear, your, your mammogram, as you ascend the food chain or the life chain or the time chain, then you have the investigations that might be mundane to the menopause. Things like your bone density examinations, that sort of thing for the menopausal patient. And of course, you can't leave out the people in the middle, which, who I refer to as the, the years of the pathology, the years of the fibroids, the years where the endometriosis might continue into, the years of the abnormal bleedings, the years of the cervical cancers, that sort of thing. So it's quite a wide and diverse spectrum that we are looking at. Mm. I'm just here when Doc comes into the studio. I absorb everything. It's as though I am um, I'm getting my liquor checkup and <laughs> analyzing um, myself. Um, psychologically speaking, though, yes. and 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 and, and that, that's a part of the checkup, right? Too. And that being um, my my area, my speciality when it boils down to human um, psychology and human um, mental state. As you mentioned before, and I'm glad that you did, that sometimes, I'm not saying that all times, you find that whatever illness it, that is occurring with a woman or not occurring at the time, um, it does play on the woman's um, psyche. Psych psyche. And it is something that you have always outlined and, 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 and once again mentioned on this show. And vice versa. Yes. You know. Yes, both of them are in correlation to each other. Mm -hmm. um, so let us move back to the younger um, women, um, Doc. What should we... <laughs> I'm trying to put myself down in that category. What was it? Was it 18 to 35? Yes. Um, what should those women um, be looking out for? We know we looked at the psychological um, aspect of things, but they're in their reproductive years. Yes. They want to ensure that um, they can, um, when they are ready, um, they are able to conceive um, things like that. What should they be looking out for at that particular um, time? Well, we... We take it that the periods have arrived at oh. 18. Yes, yes. There is a segment below this, you know. But we, that might be for another time. Right. Yes, the peers have, we take it that the peers have arrived. Yes, we're taking so, that, we're, 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 we have jumped the gun and assume yes. because we think that it is normal that at, at 18, if a period is not, uh, has not arrived, then... It requires an investigation. Yes, 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 yes. yes. So we take it that you're 
reproductive, so you're having your mens your menses, and there are problems that can arise as a consequence of the menses. So it would be the years of the period pains. You may have heavy periods. Uh, you might have some hormone dysfunction, for example, which could cause you to have heavy or irregular periods. Mm-hmm. Um, you may have periods that come scantily or in scant succession. The period, for example, might turn up three, four times of the year. And those patients, of course, would have your oligomenorrhea, we would call it. Of course, you have those who have no periods, amenorrhea, and they might not be pregnant, although in this age group, the commonest reason for the period going missing is pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so you could have your hormone problems, your polycystic ovarian syndrome. You could even have a pituitary adenoma. That's a growth in the brain which produces a hormone called prolactin, which simply will shut down the period. You, you may have milk in the breast, so you're not pregnant. So these things would require investigations if, if they occur. Mm-hmm. Investigations, for example... In a patient with polycystic ovaries would be horm- blood studies, so you'll be looking at the hormones. You'll be doing ultrasound examination to look at the ovaries because there are characteristic features that you might get in conditions like this for the patient with uh, pituitary adenoma. That's a tumor in the brain, you know, which secretes these hormones. You certainly would do a blood test to look at the levels of your prolactin and also you need to do an MRI to look at the size of this growth in the brain um, if it is a microadenoma that is less than one centimeter in diameter then you could successfully treat this patient with medications medications which they might have to maintain though for life mm-hmm if it is bigger than one centimeter in diameter, it would be drugs plus or minus surgery. But how 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 um, these cases are are, are rare? Or no, do they're you? not. <laughs> they're not rare. When yeah. you see my 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 the expression <laughs> on my face. I mean, we see them. Yes. It, it might be rare to the layman, but they're not rare. Wow. In fact, polycystic ovaries are quite common. In this country, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and you're saying women between the age the age range of say eighteen, 18 to thirty five. It could occur at later ages, yeah. but it is usually during predominantly the those reproductive, reproductive years. years. Yes, right. Where you have your menstrual disturbances and fertility disturbances as a consequence of this. Because remember, no, you're not ovulating, so you're not going to get pregnant just like that you might need assistance to correct these conditions to achieve pregnancy mm-hmm. um, polycystic ovarian syndrome, ov- ovarian syndrome. Um, I just want you to just mention some of the symptoms um, for the ladies who are listening and I have another series of questions that I want to ask because I don't want to linger there but just give us some of the symptoms Um, All right, fine 
like many things gynecological, sometimes there are no sim- there are no specific symptom apart from the fact that the person may be failing to become pregnant. Mm-hmm. Uh, but by and large, most of the patients will have menstrual irregularities. Sometimes the period will go missing for for months at a time. You may find that you have an increase in body hair. That's what that's that's the direction that I was going. That's one of the things that mm-hmm. came to my mind. The, mm-hmm. the, the, the the especially in, is it is it on the face? You could have it on the face and in the ch- and in the chest, chest. and in the abdomen. Mm-hmm. It's called the, they call it the male hair distribution. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. men tend to have hair on their abdomen. Uh, women usually don't. Um, and one has to say these things guardedly because if you only have hair and everything else is functioning normally, you may be inclined not to make the call. But certainly in a patient now who has all of these features, peers are irregular and they're not getting pregnant, you really have no, no reason not to make the call. Because nothing is absolute. There are crossing overs in, in every aspect of, of your life. So sometimes you might, have, you might have the hirsutism, that's what we call it. Yet you're still menstruating regularly and you're still making babies regularly. Mm-hmm. So, yes, so we're talking about the polycystic ovaries. The patients may or may not be overweight. I actually like when the patients are overweight because sometimes, <coughs> just by getting them, or oftentimes I should say, just by getting them to buy into the weight loss argument, it actually helps to resolve the problem. Okay. Uh, those who are more difficult are those who are not overweight. Um, those you may sometimes have to rely on medications um, to induce ovulation. And, of course, sometimes you get bonuses, you get multiple pregnancies, that sort of thing, mm-hmm. the fertility drugs. But uh, I, I, I guess if the multiplicity is not more than two, then it, for it most is workable. It, it, yes, yes, for most <laughs> it, is, it is workable, and, and for most it is something that they say, let me just um, get it over get and it done, done <laughs> Get it over and, 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 and done with. So we looked at um, some of the... Uh, the possible um, symptoms of um, polycystic um, ovarian syndrome. syndrome. Um, This age group, um, they would at this period in their lives coming in to talk about um, some form of um, contraceptive. Contraception, um, sexually transmitted infections, uh, pregnancy, pregnancy planning, you may also want to assess their um, fertility prospects, even though, in terms of fertility, the proof of the pudding is to put one in there, you know. Because, and, and the backdrop to which I say that is that you could do all of the tests that would suggest that um, you are okay. Mm-hmm. You could do all of the tests that the gentleman is also okay. Yet both of you don't make babies together. Mm, they have that too. I know that. That's a that's a that's a entirely different <laughs> that's, that's a different, entirely different show yeah, that different we need show. to delve into. <laughs> yes, yes. You know. So, you know, we have we, we have we have 
that sort of thing to be cognizant of. And of course, all of this, as I said before, all of this we're dealing with the whole patient. So you'd have to be counseling them in terms of their preventive medicine, their screening tests, the pap smears, um, the contraceptives, as we said before. You may counsel them about their eating habits, whether they smoke, whether they use um, recreational drugs. All of these come into play, uh, and you know, and we can't forget the mental issue. Lots, lots of folks come to see me because of anxiety. Yeah, they have no other problem. Anxiety, and with anxiety, it brings on so many different. Um, physical ailments and Doc said if you're anxious enough your periods could go away so or it, come it, and don't want to and, and or, or do they do, does it come and don't want to leave or it just goes away it does both but it more goes away than anything else and sometimes this could be traced back to depression or anxiety and we are living in very anxious and depressing times true so, so absolutely true. Um, so we were looking at, um, as you had mentioned, and I had asked about um, this age group, look at um, contraceptive, um, the choices, making the right choice yes. for, um, for the patient uh, or for the ladies, because we don't want to call it no, the patient, for the, la ladies. for the ladies um, that come in. Um, question for those who um, might be listening. Shay 48, thank you so much for joining in. Um, is there a recommended contraceptive for a younger woman as opposed to one that is closer to um, say maybe uh, 35 or once you are in that age range then just about all the available contraceptive will work for you well they they usually all can work for most mm -hmm. um, of course there are biases and preferences and certainly based on the problems in the world with um, sexually transmitted infections uh, I, I guess bar the barrier methods condoms would w would probably be the number one choice mm -hmm. um, certainly in stable relationships people may want to upgrade to other methods you know the, whether it be the contraceptive pill or your longer acting um, reversible hormonal contraceptions like your injections um, the coil used to be not so well recommended for people who have not had a child but um, there seems to be some relaxation on that policy especially as um, the technology for um, producing these devices improve and of course for people who have completed their um, their family there's always sterilization on the back end and I say back end um, guardedly because I, I I'm not so keen on people tying the tubes whether male or female um, 
uh, unless they're really sure of what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Because from where I sit, I see too many people who want to change their mind. And even though we might attempt reversals of sterilization, by all intent, it has to be considered permanent to begin with. The success rate of reversals are not high enough for one to use that as a method of retaining or reattaining your fertility. Mm-hmm. But that age group, though, Doc, um, and and you say you is something that you are very apprehensive, but the, the, especially when you're closer to 35, because I wouldn't think that somebody between the ages of 18, maybe to, to, to 30, would want to do um, no. no. It's not recommended. I certainly don't recommend it. Um, I, I can't swear for all areas. Mm-hmm. Um, however, sometimes, you know, the person might turn up and say, yeah, I'm 28, but I have five children. And th- th- that's a very hard call, you know. But the age is just really wrong. I- in fact, I- I've even seen situations where people are older, but for whatever reason, they marry somebody else and they want a child. And what do you do? They've already done their sterilization. Thankfully, we now have IVF, which is a, which is still expensive and and a long shot at trying. But um, I I don't know. I I'm very wary about sterilization. Yeah, yeah. Because people change their minds for all sorts it's of human reasons. nature. People we wake up tomorrow morning and they change your mind. You'll have the patient. 43 turns up, three children grown, and she wants a baby. She has to change her status in any way. <laughs> same, same, <laughs> same spouse, but she now suffering from the emptiness syndrome. Yes, yes, yes. And you only see the ones who have the courage to come to you. More suffer in silence than those who have the nerve to come back to you. And this is why I'm very, I'm not very keen on sterilization until you get to an age where I might not be comfortable with you getting pregnant. Yeah, then, yes, and then you can consider it. Yeah. Consider it. We I, 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 I'll even do it, but um, I, I, at least I'm not burdened by worrying if you change your mind. Okay. Because if you change your mind after 45, I, I really can't be too sympathetic with you at all. Okay. Okay, okay then. So, the most popular um, contraceptive um, being used um, amongst us women, what would you say that is? The pill? You know, I smile, you know. I, I think the, or none at all? I think the condom. <laughs> the condom would be? Would be the one, especially in, uh, as it's, uh, it also helps to um, prevent or reduce infection. And I say that again guardedly. I'm going to say something which uh, m- m- might frighten the people. Um, now, cervical cancer is mostly caused in, certainly in our jurisdiction, by the human papillomavirus. Right. All right. Do you know that the condom does not provide you with protection from the HPV? 
Dr. Hardy, I'm going to ask you to hold that. <laughs> Our listeners, ponder on that. We're going to take a break and we'll be right back. Cool 97 Radio. Singles live on the Nation School as Co97 FM. Dr. Milton Hardy is with me tonight. And of course, ladies, tonight is the night that we're looking at the ladies' checkup. And we're moving into a sponsored segment. And it is brought to you by Evergrove Garden Center. When you want it to grow, call the pro. They are the experts located at 12 South Avenue, Kingston 10. Let them help you master your home gardening skills, nurture beautiful, healthy plants. It's the perfect way to de-stress while you mold that gift of the green thumb and encourage the love of nature in your family. Call them up at 876-906-9916, 876-906-9160. You can also follow Evergrow on Instagram and Facebook, Facebook, Evergrow Garden Center and Instagram Evergrow Garden. So, before we go back into the conversation with Dr. Hardy, who um, was talking about the HPV virus and the fact that condoms does not prevent the transmission of such virus, I want to say hi to Fresh Fluffy Diva. We're going to be answering your question shortly, but I want um, Dr. and to continue um, with that eye-opening piece of information for us. Yes, as you were saying before the break, um, well, first of all, let, 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 let us back up a little bit. Uh, cervical cancer, which actually has now fallen to be the second most um, prevalent um, female cancer, primarily because people are doing more pap smears, like 20% of our ladies. Mm-hmm. So you are detected long before you happen. But 20% is not good. No, it's not good. And it, 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 it moves us from number one to number two. Number one is breast. And um, the causative agent of the uh, cervical cancer, 95% of the cases are caused by the human papillomavirus. Um but we are making a point about condoms and the HPV. Mm-hmm. Now, and as I said before, the condom does not protect you from HPV because the virus is actually smaller than, I repeat, smaller than the pores in the condom. So you can get HPV from intimate contact. You don't even have to have intercourse. So, you know, fondling, any intimate, any form of intimate contact can tr- transmit the HPV. And HPV. Um, back to that age group and for the mere fact that um, they now have a HPV vaccine. vaccine. Yes. Would this age group, I know that they recommended, if my memory serves me right, for um, girls um, younger than, than, than 18. Am I correct? Correct. And um, in fact, in other jurisdictions where they have the resources, they even give it to pre-pubertal boys. And yes. I, and, I, and I'm hoping that we will get to that stage not too far away from now. Mm-hmm. But um, the decision was made. We have a poor country. 
So if we do one gender, do everybody in one gender, that should also, theoretically, that should also do the job. And it should. You know, after a while, it should. But there's a, there has been, um, just like with any other vaccine, hesitancy in terms of the uptake of, of, of the HPV yes, vaccine. Yes, there is. And um, it is unfortunate because one of the um, researches that have come out of the um, HPV is that um, the, if perchance you were already infected with HPV, and I, I remember asking this question the night they launched the, the vaccine. Because one would assume that um, having been infected before, you would need to be vaccinated. And I said, no. Because there are several strains of the HPV which can, which play a part in cervical cancer. Mm-hmm. And the assumption has to be that maybe, maybe the, the others are not in what you have. So you need you need to be protected from them as well. So even if you're infected, you still need to be vaccinated. But what they found out in the research is that, um, and the, we're talking about thirty years of of information because the, the virus, the um, vaccine came on about thirty years ago. So it's not new. It's not that new. Mm-hmm. And um, what they found out is that um, you never end up worse than how you started. In other words, um, say you started at what we call a CIN1 level, which is a precancer. Once you're vaccinated, even if you get a recurrence, you, it never seems to get worse than CIN1. If you had not been vaccinated against HPV, and say you had some treatment, say you had a biopsy of the cervix and they cut out the infected area, that's, that's how we go about treating it. You could get a recurrence down the road worse than a CIN one. It could come back as a two or three, which is worse. So um, we have that, that body of knowledge. So what age group um, or what age um, a female can come in and say, yes, Doc, I want to be vaccinated, or do you have a... Nine, a nine to 55. Nine to 55? Yeah. Oh, okay. So there is not a, a, a before you start to have um, sexual intercourse. No, we prefer if you get it before. Yeah, but if you, <laughs> if you, you know, say, <coughs> still can come. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah. let us make that absolutely clear. So from age nine up to 55 years. Mm-hmm. Right, okay. Which leads us to another bit of a conundrum, you know, because um, what, we're, what we're really saying is that cervical cancer is sexually transmitted. But it leads us to the next question. What do you do with a patient who has never had intercourse? So she's a virgin. Mm-hmm. How does that pap smear situation go? Good question. You answer it. Mm-hmm. Tell me. I will, <laughs> well, you know, that thought crossed my mind. Tell well, us, Doc. The, um, well, well, of course, trying to do a pap smear on a patient who is virginal can be quite traumatic. And in fact, they, um, they try to use these very tiny speculums, and in fact, they even have non coital speculums, you know, but I'm not sure if they're available here 
not a problem I'm creating for the colleagues in the morning. <laughs> 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 However, not sure if they're available. <laughs> Let me repeat, not sure if they are available here. Yeah. Okay. So, um, the recommendation has been made that um, you should do it at age 30. And the reason for this is that you don't need intercourse to get a HPV infection on the cervix. Intimate contact is all you need. Mm-hmm. You, you see where this has led us to know. So, you know, we... we it's a work in progress. It is. So, ladies, bear that in mind um, in terms of your checkup. Ask about the HPV um, vaccine. vaccine and um, talk to your doctor about the HPV virus. And don't forget rubella. Rubella, you know, thankfully our public health system has worked. So, vaccines in the past were given without much hesitancy. So we don't see rubella, which is a, an abnormality of, of, your, of the fetus or the baby, mm-hmm. if it survives um, the pregnancy. Right. You know, so we, we don't have rubella babies anymore. Well, and a question that I, that, that I want to ask, hepatitis. Yes. Um, yes. For those of us who have not, at a particular age, and have not gotten um, that, 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 that shot, um, is it recommended... I would think so. Um, certainly, certain jobs put you at greater risk mm-hmm. um, if you handle people. Uh, and I say, yes, the cosmetologist handles mm-hmm. people, mm-hmm. the barber handles people, doctors handle people. If you work in a bank, you handle money. In fact, the banks used to give it to their staff free of costs in the past. I don't think that happens anymore, but I won't trouble the banks. <laughs> they might cancel my loans. <laughs> Doc, it sounds like um, you take over from Ivor tonight. <laughs> yes, I need to, I really, this is just me speaking personally, I really need to look into, um, not that I am handling people, but it's something that has crossed my mind while looking at my um, immunization um, card. And mm-hmm. we must not forget that Hepatitis is also sexually transmitted. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Doc, you're coming here with a wealth of information uh, tonight. Let me do this and just check what is happening in our chat, reminding you that this talk segment is brought to you by Evergrow Garden Center. Remember, as Jamaicans, we must continue our efforts to grow what we eat and eat what we grow. And, of course, Evergrow is the ultimate one-stop shop where you can get everything for your farming, including your seedlings. I know that this week they had the, uh, the cherry tomato seedlings, this cotton bonnet, the uh, romaine lettuce seedlings. So go on over and, and get some and get growing. Remember, you can call them up at 906-9916-906-9160. And you can also look on the Instagram and Facebook page, Evergo Garden and Evergo Garden Center. Let me move my attention to our friends joining us via the World Wide Web 
Tanya says, very interesting. Doc, Doc has a lot of surprise tonight. Yes, he, he always does. He always does. Um, let me move um, up. Fresh Fluffy Diva says, AJ ladies should be careful to discuss with their doctors the various forms of contraceptives and the short-term or long-term effects on their bodies. Nice question. I, I, I like the question. Yes, yes. I will segue into um, something which comes up pretty often where um, ladies will tell you, oh, Doc, I, I'm taking a rest from the pill because, you know, I want my body to get a rest. Yes. And, um, well, there's no science behind that comment at all. I, I learned that too. I asked that question when I got to certain <laughs> closer to a particular. <laughs> my dog said, rest. <laughs> There's no science no. behind it. There's no need to. Because I no. was wondering after an extended period of time, do you need to take a break? Do you need no, to? Yes. You don't. In fact, taking a break might even be dangerous. Um, let me go through this very carefully. Um, and this is in regard to the, the, the contraceptive pill. Um, the pills, basically, they create whatever complication that they might have will occur within the first two or three months of you starting them. Once you have gone past that time, it's like a plane at cruising altitude. You're more likely to have an accident on a plane on takeoff or landing. So every time you resume your pill after your so-called break, break mm -hmm. it's a takeoff. Every time you stop, it's a landing. The planes usually have less of a problem during cruising. So once you start, just, just keep cruising. They're stopping for a break. There's no science to it. And in fact, it is potentially more dangerous than if you were just, you just remained on your pill until you're ready to have the next child. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it does not interfere with um, conception? No. Unless some other pathology arises, mm -hmm. but it does not cause the pathology. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It does not. No, it does not. <laughs> it does not. Uh, and I know why. I said that. <laughs> yes, yes. So um, let us move along into the the next age range. We're moving out of the eighteen to thirty six. Did we say? And we're moving into. The other age range. The 36, the 36 to 50. To 50, yes. yes. Yeah, this is the what is happening here? I'm curious. <clears throat> These are the pathological years, I, I, I tend to to call them. Because mm -hmm. this is the time when the fibroids become a bigger problem. You know, they've probably been growing for a little while, but now they now become uh, clinically uh, manifested in terms of the symptoms they might be causing you may have the endometriosis, which probably started at, during the previous age group, mm -hmm. but the symptoms probably are now becoming more on 
bearable. You have the irregularity of the bleeds, that sort of thing. You, then you have the other problems like the cervical cancers and the breast problems, even breast cancer, because remember, no, the breast examination is part of the um, the deal in terms of the female checkup. Right, it is. You know, in terms of in terms of your specific examinations, because we, we're going to do everything plus. But the breast certainly would be um, a prime target organ. So, of course, you start your mammograms at age 35, and you do it every other year until you're 50, then it becomes every year. Mm-hmm. Yes. The patients complain, Lord, it squeezed up my breast. Well, my answer to that is that your breast can get squeezed up at least once a year. And it is good for you. (laughs) 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 It is good for you. Um, So those are some of the things that we should look for within that age group. And and something that just popped up in my head, and I want to mention it before um, I lose my trail of thoughts. During this age group, in terms of pregnancy, there we are considered um, what it was High, higher risk. Higher risk. What, what, there's a term for it. Um, elderly gravido. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Yes, elderly at thirty-five. Can yes. you imagine that? <laughs> yes, that is what. That's a term. That's a term. That's a term. Why though? And I have to ask this for the for, for the for the ladies who are who are listening. Uh, uh, and it's pretty straightforward. Um, you're the peak of your reproductive performances, um, I, I will generously say, would end at 34. S- some people would really say 30. Mm-hmm. So you are now more prone to the um, other c- chronic conditions, the high blood pressure, which might not be there before the pregnancy, you know. But when you. But it might be pregnancy induced. Mm-hmm. You have the. Diabetes, which again might not even be there, it may develop gestational diabetes, and then you have the other medical problems which can come al- come along as a consequence of one having developed these conditions, or they might be unmasked by the stresses and strain of the pregnancy itself. So, of course, the in- and of course the incidence sorry, of fetal abnormality begins to rise. You, you have to certainly um, inform the patient about this or the, or the lady. Um, there's an increased risk for operative deliveries. And this might not necessarily be biological. It could be the physician's choice. For example, if you come into my office at 42, pregnant for the first time, I'm going to try to convince you that you need a section on the assumption that this might never, ever happen again. Mm-hmm. I get you, and I appreciate you for um, for that. <laughs> <laughs> I get you, and I appreciate you for that, and those ladies who are locked on and listening, and you're within this age group, something that you should really um, consider, too. Um, I, I, I can say this, that 
my baby girl, who is now um, approaching eight, I had her later on in life, yes, <laughs> and uh, my doc said to me, yeah, and I was, I, was, I said yes, yes. It was something. It's a decision that um, that he also made, mm-hmm. and we said, "Okay, let's 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 work with that." Since I fell into the what do you call it category now, the elderly gravity. <laughs> <laughs> since I fell, in, since I fell in that um, that category, um, but I must say that my pregnancy went very very well, um, and I cannot complain. And I got very very good treatment. I was a little bit um, very. Um, when you look at um, all the possibilities when you get to a certain age, it sometimes plays a little a psychological thing on you when you go for your ultrasound and all different sort of thing, and your doc hesitating, and you're like, oh my God, what happened now? Um, and, you know, so those are some of the things that happen. But, yeah, I'm here, and I did well. Yes, so. you must have done well. <laughs> In spite of the age range, I did well. Yes, so that's good. So, so women, are we seeing um, what you call delayed? Um, pregnancy in terms of the the, the, the women within <clears throat> this age range? Yes, you know, it's a problem, you know, it's it's one of the um, consequences actually of um, development. Career women. Career w- women doing better in school. Mm-hmm. The family is delayed and all of a sudden you realize that you're now 38. Trying for the first time now to start to address the issue of your family. And you find out that it's not happening. And when you check it out, the fibroids them start grow, you know. So we now have to begin to look at the myomectomy. That is the removal of the fibroids. Because you no longer have the luxury of time, you know. If you're trying to get pregnant, you're 39, we've been trying for two years, and fibroids are there, which... You, which are considered to be of significance in terms of your fertility. We, we have to move on. We can't keep trying. We have to do something. Mm-hmm. You may do the myomectomy. Some patients will get pregnant. Some will not. Some will even grow back the fibroid. You have to do the repeat operation. This can happen anywhere from five to nine years later. That has been our experience. Now, having gone through the second operation, the patient needs to be sent straight to IVF, test your baby. In fact, one could argue that if after two years of having done a myomectomy and you're in that age group, you should be sent straight to IVF. Because the, what is the watchword is that we don't have the time. Time is running out. Yes. Mm-hmm. Irrespective of how we feel, time there's a there's a little there's, 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 there's a shelf life. A shelf life. <laughs> <laughs> clock, and I said the clock the clock ticking away. Yes, yes. yes. No matter how we look on the outside, uh, the clock on those eggs are when I say the eggs are deteriorating, falling, reducing. Let's not say they are getting more mature. <laughs> okay. Okay, yes. 
reminding you that you are inside Singles Live on the Nation School Est, Cool 97 FM. Ladies, tonight we are doing your checkup. And of course, Dr. Milton Hardy, OBGYN, is with us. And we are learning. If you're joining us via the World Wide Web, thank you ever so much. Tanya, you're still there. Let me move down. Um, Murphy Lee, how you doing? Shea 48, principal of the chat room. Um, um, Naz says, Lord, I'm in. <laughs> Hi, ladies. And she, she balls out, Lord, I am in that age range. <laughs> um, and um, Fresh Fluffy Diva says, Blessing, Nazi, and more stress on the body to carry a healthy uh, full-term um, fetus or a healthy... Um, yes, that's what she says. Oh, let me, let me, let me move. Um, let me come back down here. Um, Shay 48 is asking, so when are you getting into my age range? Um, she says, um, hope not tonight. Yes, we're going to get there. We're covering all the, all the, all the ranges. Um, Shay, you're asking, Doc, I'm, I am wondering if my age range can have a baby. What is your age range? You're over 50, <laughs> Doc. Can you answer that? Oh, okay, Lord. Well, they've done it experimentally, but um, I, I certainly don't recommend it for both medical and social reasons. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the, the increased risk of medical problems. And then you have the, um, <clears throat> the, the, the socials to think about, you know. If you're in your 50s, that child becomes 20 in your 70s, will you be around? Have the energy for run will up? You have the energy? Yeah, the energy is a thing, the energy, because. You know, that I think is unfair to that child. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. So you have to look at everything holistically. holistically. Yes. <laughs> you have to look at everything holistically. Not to satisfy your empty, what you call the emptiness the desire. Emptiness no, the emptiness syndrome. Not to satisfy that, but you have to look at everything um, holistically. <coughs> We're going to take another break inside Singles Live, and then when we come back, we'll be moving over into the other um, age range. And. Uh, so, guess what? Don't touch that dial. We'll be right back. Cool 97. Radio. The singles live on the nation's coolest Cool 97 FM. And, of course, this talk segment is brought to you by Evergrow Garden Center. When you want it to grow, call the fro. Remember, they're ready, their friendly staff is ready to help you with everything you need for your home gardens and your farms. And remember, you can get your seedlings, your ceramic pots, fertilizers, um, plants, greenhouse structures, irrigation systems, and so much more. Remember, you can visit them at 12 South Avenue, Kingston 10. Let's get back into the conversation with Dr. Milton Hardy. Doctor, I have, I have, I have some ladies inside the, um, inside the Mixalar chat room. Shea 48 says, AJ, I am in the hot flash range. So I guess the age group that we are moving into that occurs. Yes. Is it something that must? <coughs> Is it something that will happen? 
if you live long enough, chances are can it, it, be, it is going to happen. Can it be prevented? Because people, women who I know speaks, um, what's the word that I want to use? Um, it, it, is, it is almost like the plague. Yes, it can be quite challenging for some ladies. And um, yes, there is hormone replacement therapy because you become menopausal because of the withdrawal or absence of your female hormones. Mm -hmm. Now, <clears throat> we used to have medications to treat these patients, and I say we used to have medications because there's no reason why we, that, that I'm aware of, that we don't have medications to treat these patients. But we have not been seeing the medicines now for about two or three years. And I have not been given any reasonable explanation by anyone where they are. Have they stopped making them? I don't think so. But we have not been seeing them locally. And this can actually be quite traumatic for some patients. Because some patients just have to have their hormone replacement. How how effective are there any side effects of the hormone <clears throat> replacement um, treatment for hot flashes? Oh yes, oh yes. There, there, there is no question that you can have um, side effects, especially if they're not being administered appropriately. For example. Um, a patient um, with her uterus on board, you don't want to say, for example, to give her estrogens because you're increasing her chances of, um, or should I say, unopposed estrogens. That is, you give some estrogens, but you also have to balance it with progesterone, which is another hormone, at a certain point in the month. If you don't balance these hormones, you increase the risk of the person developing cancer of the womb. But uh, most gynecologists are knowledgeable as to how to administer these drugs. Mm -hmm. Certainly, you're not going to be going around taking hormone replacement and not doing your annual checkups. Because we now need to monitor you more closely. We have to look at, for example, make sure we take good attention, pay good attention to your breasts. Um, there, because even though it's not proven, people still mention it that you're more at risk for breast cancer. But the study which came out was actually flawed, which alluded to that. But we still would monitor these patients. On the other hand, Hormone replacement for the people who take it, it does improve the quality of their life. The hot flashes can be quite debilitating, you know, because some women have it so badly that they have to change their, their clothes three, four times during the night, you know. And if you have to get up to change your night clothing three times for the night, it means that your sleep has been interrupted three times for the night. And I can tell you, if you're not sleeping properly, it can affect many other systems. Yeah, and then who now really and truly want to really get snuggled up with somebody who is jumping out of bed because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sweats are never come to the bed. 
It's a very significant age range yes. because it is the it is the last one third mm. of your life. So it's one third. So it is not a small portion of your life. So one has to equip oneself to be able to deal with this aspect of your being. Because you not only have the hot flashes, you know, you have the the memory issues. And the dryness, the vagina. Vaginal dryness. dryness. You're, you're, you're learning a lot, Doc. Go to the top of the class. <laughs> <laughs> that is, a, that is, a, that is, is a concerning um, for, for, for women. Because your body look good. You're doing the exercises. You're eating properly. People telling <clears> you that you don't even look like you're, you're past 35. But don't dear Doc, the vagina is saying right. otherwise. L- let us put this to bed. Once you begin to ascend the 40s, the vagina tends to get drier. That's how God made it. God? Yes, that's No, I'm, d- no I'm just calling. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm just calling to you. <laughs> so, so what do you do? Yes, we want to know what you to do. You buy some lubrication and keep it in your night table once you begin to ascend the 40s. Because it's not going to change. The vagina gets dry. You couldn't have something comforting for, 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 for us, man. That's what happens. So you do the next best thing. You supply the lubrication. Mm-hmm. You, you just keep that in your night table. And you use it if you need it. I, I, I think the biggest problem is to, is to pretend not to use it or not want to use it. <laughs> but, but, but why not? What are why you, not? What are you going wait, to wait, do? Wait, wait. <laughs> Try proof. <laughs> <laughs> why not? Yes, why not? So I, I think that should be the approach that, that we should really take to these things. I mean, one could argue, you know, that uh, erectile dysfunction occurs in the male at mm-hmm. about the same time, mm-hmm. you know. So it, it is something that both genders have to work on. Okay. Okay. Comforting. Yeah. Yes. You yes. get a little softer, you get a little drier. Mm. Let me it's, a team, it's a team sport. <laughs> <laughs> and the team must win. <laughs> Marvel said, heck no. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 you're saying once you get to that age group, it it it, it is going to happen. It's, it's it's not a matter of you can drink a lot of water and eat, <laughs> and eat certain aphrodisiacs. You can have some fruits, and it will it is going to change. It 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 will. It will yeah, it's going to happen. But gonna happen. but you can function. It, 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 it does not prevent you from functioning if mm-hmm. you do what you're supposed to do. Okay. Okay. All right, good, good. Um, so we looked at vaginal um, dryness. We looked at hot flashes. Is there anything else that we ought to <coughs> be um, looking? Um, well, the memory, the, the yes. memory. We, we we need to elaborate on that. You know, and mm-hmm. it, it's very crucial, especially 
with the kind of work sometimes that you do. Because what happened is that the people around you also know that your memory is not what it used to be. And if everybody in the room insists that you said that yesterday, you know, you, are, you have a doubt now in your mind, you know. <laughs> so this also encourages some people to need the HRT because they need to make sure that they can remember and know that I didn't say that yesterday. So the HRT will also help it helps the, the me- memory. It helps, it helps the memory. Oh, it helps the memory. I hope I'm finished um, my studies before I hit <laughs> Yes, yes, need some memory. Um, yeah, so as 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 of more course. mature women, we, 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 we as women, we're not going to admit that, you know. And then, oh, you have the other issues, of course. You have the mood swings. You know, you you tend to have more depression, whether it's the menopause or because you you have come to the realization that you're not getting any younger, that sort of thing. Or are you perceived by others, usually your mate, um, as you become more mature? Or, or, Gone into the old, old grumpy granny yes. stage. Yes. Um, libido can be affected in any direction. It sometimes rises. Mm-hmm. It may remain the same. Um, tends to get a little less, though, you know. That, that seems to be the commoner of the options. That it dwindles. Yeah, that it dwindles. Um, but something that I think you had mentioned um, in another show in terms of the um, the orgasms, they're what? Weaker? It again, it, it usually is, but it is highly dependent on the person. Okay. Because some persons, their libido actually goes up. And the reason for this is the effect that the male hormones have on their uh, body. Because, you know, your ovaries also make some male hormones. Mm -hmm. And as the estrogen levels fall, as you get menopause and into the menopause, the relative shift of the estrogen to androgen ratio goes in the direction of the androgens. And I'm sure I meant, I'd mentioned this on a previous program, that it is the man in you which makes you want sex. Mm-hmm. And relatively, the androgen levels are higher in the menopausal woman. And it has that impact on some women where their sex drive actually goes up. It might account for why they're more jealous. I don't know. And more moody. And more moody, too. And God forbid if the man is not able to keep up with her. Well, ladies actually become more assertive as they get older, you know. (laughs) And there's a physiological reason for it. There's a gland in the brain called the pineal body which actually gets bigger in the lady. And it shrinks to the man. (laughs) And you, I don't know if you have noticed, but um, as your parents get older... Your mother gets more assertive and your father gets more passive, you know. Yes, I don't know if you have noticed no, I've, that. I've, I've noticed that. I've noticed phys- that. My mother, she now have all of the hanglan. <coughs> yeah. Uh, you and wouldn't believe that tables have kind of turned around. And, and there's a physiological and reason for this. And out. Uh-huh. And she's one of <laughs> 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 Yes. Now, now I know. I'm, I'm learning. And now I know that... Um, 
there is a physiological reason for that. Mm-hmm. Yes. Anything else that we need to pay special attention to? <coughs> well, what we have not done, we have not really gone into the uh, mechanics of um, what investigations, for mm-hmm. example, or what you might find on examination in these people. Mm-hmm. Um, really a big topic and it's something we could talk about for another program but we're going to try and see what we can squeeze in mm-hmm. in, in the time remaining um, so going back to the uh, our youngsters who may or may not have a problem um, th- there might be no pathology they could have a vaginal discharge yeah, that's out of age group um, you certainly would want to do their pap smears especially if they're sexually active. Mm -hmm. Because as we had mentioned before, you hardly see cervical cancer in people who have never had intercourse. Having said that, though, with HPV being a factor and with HPV being transmitted by means other than uh, by, by sexual intercourse, just intimate contact will do, it also plays a role in these people getting cervical cancers, eh? you certainly will have to pay attention to things like contraception. People in this age group tend to be, or shall I say, anemia is more common in this age group Mm -hmm. because of the menses. You are going to have to be looking at these people in terms of fertility. Uh, Do they have a fertility problem? Is it because of something intrinsic to the genitalia both for both man and woman because it's a team sport two people have to come together to win or do we have other problems does she have for example a thyroid problem is she diabetic god forbid because that can happen does she have high blood pressure so we do the various tests for these things um Certainly after age 35 going up, you're going to start having to do the mammogram along with your pap smear. Um, You may find some pathology happening in this time, as I mentioned before. These are the years, the the fibroid years, I want to call them. (laughs) (laughs) So you might start having menstrual irregularities appear. They might start becoming heavier. You may have low abdominal pain. Sex might become painful. You may have miscarriages. You may fail to become pregnant. You examine the patient. There's a mass arising from the pelvis. You do the ultrasound, which will help you to confirm whether it's fibroids or ovarian cysts or what have you, although we usually can make that determination just from examining the patients most times. And, of course, we're moving up into the menopausal range, so, you know, we're going to be doing our mammograms or pap smears, Plus all of the other things that are mundane to this time. So you'll do your blood works, look at the female hormones. You you need to look at your bone density mm-hmm, examinations density. Mm-hmm. because the bone gets more porous as we become menopausal. You may have to do MRI or a CT scan for whatever else might be wrong with you because everything else can go wrong with you more likely as you become more mature. And, and uh, if you notice, I, I, I avoid saying getting older. Mm-hmm. I like that. 
But um, you certainly become more prone to the, all of the other um, non-communicable uh, health problems. So you certainly would need to do a comprehensive blood profile to look at your various organ systems. doesn't cover everything, but it's a reasonably good screen. Mm-hmm. And, you know, of course, your, your regular physical examination, because you're now becoming more prone to things like high blood pressure and diabetes. Are you overweight? Are you resting enough? Are you arthritic? Are you more prone to having elevated cholesterol levels which will block your blood vessels and make you more prone to heart attack and stroke? So it's really a holistic affair. It is. And not to be taken lightly at all. It is. It is, Doc. Um, Anything else that you want to add generally um, before we wrap things up? Not really. I think we have covered most of what we should have said. We just need to make sure that um, we use it, the the female checkup visit, as uh, an avenue where one can see the total patient. And, of course, you're going to give the sort of advice that and counseling which might be necessary. Uh, counseling might be a little bit different um, depending on the age group you're in. Mm-hmm. Um, something that we probably don't pay enough attention to um, locally is the um, spousal abuse, uh, you know, that kind of situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, gender preferences, sexual orientation. We, we probably don't pay as much attention to it as we should. But um, I'll just leave you with something, uh, and the audience, of course. Um, you must not assume that someone who turns up into your office pregnant is heterosexual. Don't get caught with that. And there's a silence. <laughs> yes, I, I, yes I, I notice your silence. Yes, it's, uh, you know, when you say that, um, <clears throat> I remember doing a, a, a session um, with one of my tutors and she said something, a story that she was telling us in terms of someone coming into um, her office and it's a female and speaking about um, her spouse, her partner. And God forbid she thought... It was a male. It was <laughs> <laughs> yes. yes. So, yes. yeah, we have to thread very carefully. Yes, you, you have to watch your language. Yes. So that's or, or shall I say, speak politically correct mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in this situation when you're um, a medical um, practitioner um, <clears throat> yeah yeah have to thread very carefully can't assume yeah so thank you for bringing that up and yes I went into my memory bank and remember um, <laughs> remember that story <laughs> yes yes um, sexual orientation though um, within the younger age group um, tends to be showing up um, more these days. I'm not sure if they were in the past, but now 
um, is it because persons are really and we're just kind of just getting ready to wrap things up um, trying to find themselves mm -hmm. mentally and then because um, for, for the doctor's office this is an outlet for them and when they come to you recognize that boy I'm going to deal with the person holistically because this is what is really affecting um, the person um, are we seeing an increase in that let us say that it is it is more vocalized mm -hmm. um, as to whether or not it was it wasn't there before I am not going to stick my neck out and say it wasn't mm -hmm. but it probably it certainly wasn't being wasn't vocalized right. as it is now mm -hmm. there probably is an optic um, in real terms if we look objectively at the situation in that um, people tend to be more um, I don't want to use the word liberal you know tend to be more individualistic in their outlook on how they see life and themselves so you may actually have an increase in the incidence of this sort of situation and in fact it's something that we have to um, come to terms with going forward stuff yeah. and so um, <coughs> as I said we could set up another show surrounding um, someone decides to come to you as their OBGYN and say boy doc it's something that I really want to sit down and talk to you about I for many many years ever since I know myself yes I am a female but this is what I now want to do in terms of my my um, my hormone treatment this is where I want to go have are you preparing for something like that, Doc? Well, and this is not a laughing matter. No, you, you can't... First of all, you can't be judgmental mm -hmm. at all. You have to listen. And you have to deal with, them, with, with the situation in a scientific fashion. Mm -hmm. And if that is um, the direction that um, the patient is going... As long as you're not breaching, or they're not breaching anything that's scientific, these are their wishes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you, you just have to work along with the program. Yeah, so in, in truth, and in fact, they're doing hormone replacement therapy. I'm just saying that. This is just me putting things into perspective. Yes. I, I probably would send the person to a specialist who sub-specializes mm -hmm. in this sort of area. But you, you certainly need to give them um, professional direction. Direction. Good, good. So, tonight, singles <coughs> live on the Nation School Est, Co 97 FM, the women's checkup. And I tell you, we cover just about everyone, um, age group 18 and upwards. Um, Dr. Hardy, another interesting show. Thank you. I, I enjoyed it, actually. And once again, I must say that it's always a learning experience for me. Um, Shea 48 being the principal of... Um, of the Mixalar chat room says thanks doc very informative session always lots of new information for me yes and that's a given always learning something new 
um, Marho was just speaking on the um, <clears throat> the gender factor, and she says exactly, Doc. It's just that the persons are more vocalized um, now. Yeah. So. Thank you so, so much for keeping my company and time flew. And I really appreciate you for taking time out to be here. Once again, thank you so much for being a part of the Singles Live family. Thank you for informing us and uh, looking forward to our next session. Yes? Thank you. Good night and good night, good night, listeners. Listeners, <laughs> <laughs> I want to say thank you so much to Evergrow Garden Center for sponsoring the talk segment of Singles Live, and of course you can join us next week for another informative talk segment right here on the Nation Schoolist Cool ninety seven FM, and of course inside Singles Live, and for those persons who missed tonight's show or if you have a friend that you want to uh, them to listen remember that this show will be posted over the weekend on our podcast and you can access that that um, podcast at any time by logging on to kool97fm.com and click on podcast and look for the singles live logo that is where you find the cool 97 fm podcast whether it is singles live and even your power thoughts so bear that in mind so that you don't miss out on anything cool 97 radio